from the top. And ladies and gentlemen, prepare yourselves. The 30-minute non-stop Stop. news blitz on 790-K-ABC starts now. Indeed, it does. After I remind you that uh, the holidays are beginning, join us for the first holiday broadcast from the Subaru Live Stage. It is noon Thursday. That's this Thursday, the 6th. Have lunch provided by Doghouse and Holiday Spirits. To see the show, just sign up at kbc.com and you may score an invite. This is brought to you by the Subaru Share the Love event now through January 2nd. And the party elves at 790 KBC. And Lauren and myself want to welcome you to that live show. So be a part of it. And also, you can listen for a chance to win a family four-pack of tickets to Knott's Merry Farm. Holiday spirits shine even brighter at Knott's this year. Taking place now through January 6th, Knott's largest Christmas display. It features a full park transformation, including an all-new seasonal decor, Christmas Crafts Village, nightly snowfall in Ghost Town, plus more. Your chance to win is all week on 790K ABC. we got a lot of show to get to, but right now we're going to begin the 30-minute nonstop news blitz. You got it, Dr. Drew. Uh, Of course, we begin with uh, the final journey for George H.W. Bush. Uh, Air Force One, um, his body was loaded onto Air Force One, and his remains from Texas head to D.C. He was accompanied by his son, Bush 43, as America prepares for three days of mourning with flags at half-staff. Bush died at his Houston home Friday night, seven months after his wife Barbara died. After services in Washington, there will be another funeral in Houston on Thursday, followed by a burial at the Bush Presidential Library in College Station, Texas. Of course, he served two terms as vice president under fellow Republican President Ronald Reagan before his own stint in the Oval Office from 1989 to 1993, a time that he saw the end of the Cold War, as well as the United States uh, routing of Iraqi President Saddam Hussein's army in the 91 Gulf War. He failed to win a second term after breaking a no new taxes pledge. Trump has ordered the federal government to close Wednesday, and both the New York Stock Exchange and NASDAQ will be closed Wednesday in observance. Oh. New- U.S. bond and options markets were also due to be closed, with energy and foreign exchange markets expected to remain open. A friend of mine, I spent a long, uh, long, had a long conversation with a friend of mine this morning who did a deep dive into HW's history. And he, he remembered during the Kuwait War how there was all this... One thing I learned from talking to this, my friend, was that during the Kuwait War how people talked about how the, he built that coalition so quickly and so effectively. Well, it turns out he was the kind of guy that would just make calls from the White House all the time and sort of ask people what's going on. He would just do firsthand... Sort of, known for working with Democrats almost more than working with his own party, and, and that's what Newt Gingrich went after him for. But highly personalized, even back when he was at the CIA, and he, he was very personalized in terms of reaching out to people that he was sort of um, w- you know worried about or working with or trying to learn about their countries, learn about their leaders. And So when it came time to build a coalition to uh, get uh, Saddam Hussein out of Iraq, they all went, oh yeah, but, you know, they knew him personally. They went, yeah, let's go. They, they had just, it was as easy as that. Because they already had a personal relationship with him, and I, I don't know, a, you know, apparently. And did you see that footage of him where he got picked up by the submarine? Out no. The, oh my God, it's unbelievable. Oh, I gotta see it. His plane went down in the ocean. Right, and I know that. He was floating around for a while, and he says in the report about it that he had nearly given up hope, and his submarine just surfaced right, right next to wow. him. Wow. And apparently they'd got his, you know, his, his locator. Yeah. And they pull him out, and you see this footage. Of, they have footage of him being pulled out of the water, gets up on the submarine, sort of shakes it off, like, well, let's have lunch. Here we go. Wow. I was like, oh, my God, that is hardcore. Yeah, oh, my I was goodness. Like, Come on, let's go. That's no, he it. was an incredible okay. man. I mean, yeah. his service to America is is just, it, it blows you away, you know? And he, was, he 
I heard someone this morning on the news call him um, the last American gentleman. Like, yeah. he was a gentleman in every way. And y- you read some of those letters he wrote to his kids, to his wife, to Bill Clinton when Bill Clinton yeah. got into the Oval Office. I mean, this was such a thoughtful person. One thing he was not, though, was a great public speaker, and he got nailed for that. He got. Yeah. That, it's really interesting how great public speaking is a key ingredient of our presidency uh, you know you think of you know all the way back if they could hold an audience and make a case uh, they they had a genuinely better thought of I mean, that's, um, that's our all. current president i wouldn't say is a great public speaker well, i'm just saying and uh, i would argue that lincoln that was his main main ability mm. to think and Order. speak and oh Ray, i mean reagan was the the greatest but reagan time. yeah had a sort of a way but lincoln would speak for 2 hours without any notes and, and Bill like a l- giant bore. <laughs> honestly, <laughs> honestly, I mean, could you imagine? I'm going to force you to read the Lincoln Douglas <laughs> debates one of these days. Uh, and, and they would respond to each other, and they literally would send people home for dinner, and they say, "When we come back, we'll go for another couple hours." You know, it's just wow. Wow. Uh, our number is eight hundred two 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 five two two two. It's Lawrence Vaughn, Doctor Drew. It's midday live on Talk Radio seven ninety KBC. You're in the middle of the thirty minute nonstop news blitz. Let's take a break for some traffic with Rhonda Kramer. Thanks, Dr. Drew and Lauren. Southbound side of the 405 freeway in Mulholland. An accident cleared from lanes a little while ago, but still busy coming up from the 101. Westbound side of the 105 at Crenshaw. Well, that earlier crash finally cleared. Now recovering from Vermont. Eastbound side of the 210 freeway right at Azusa. Finding an accident now on the right shoulder, but still delays from Irwindale and westbound from about Citrus. Eastbound side of the 60 at Azusa. Road work is still blocking the on-ramp. And as a result, that backing up toward Hacienda. I'm Rhonda Kramer, Talk Radio 790 KBC. Thank you, Rhonda. A reminder again, we are having our first holiday party of 2018. We're broadcasting from the Subaru Live Stage here at the KBC Studios Thursday, this Thursday, December 6th at noon. And if you want to come and hang out with us, have some selfies, get some lunch provided by Doghouse, be the seventh caller now on our new contest line, 888-790-5222, and you'll get your invite to hang out with us at the Subaru Live Stage KBC Studios. The Subaru Share the Love event now through January 2nd. We're in the middle of the three-minute nonstop news blitz. Um, Politico reporting that Kamala Harris will decide on 2020 run over the holidays. Mm. She's going to keep us waiting on pins and needles to find out if she's going to run for president. Uh, Spoiler alert, I'm going to say it's a yes. Um, She said she will make a decision about a potential 2020 presidential run during this year's holiday season. She said it will ultimately be a family decision. She represents... California, of course, and um, she was asked on Morning Joe by Micah Brzezinski um, about her run, and she that's was her answer, basically, that me and my family will decide over the holidays. She's in her first term as senator. She has been the subject of speculation as a potential contender for the White House since her uh, ascent to her office in Washington. And when she won in 2016, she made history as both the first African-American woman to represent California in the Senate and as the first Indian-American senator in the country. I did not know she was I didn't know that Indian. either. Indian, North American Indian? Or I, Southeast Indian? I don't think it's Southeast Indian. Is it? I don't know. Let's look it up. I'm going to look it up while you go to the next story. Okay. Look it up. Good idea. No, because she wouldn't have been first if it was East Indian-American. Indian. I don't know, right? She wouldn't have been first. Okay, Pedia. we'll figure it out. Yeah. Neil deGrasse, DeGrasse, how do we say his last name? Neil deGrasse Tyson? Yep. yep. Uh, d- Tamil, Tamil Indian, whatever that is. Tamil is Tamil a... Tamil Indian. Hmm, Tamil is, this is all Indian, Southeast Indian. This is, oh, wow, yeah, I didn't realize that. Yeah, this is uh, Southeast it. Asia. Or how, how do we, what's the right terminology? I want to get it right. It's South South Asian Indian, you call it, right? Yeah. Yeah, Asian Indian. Okay. 
uh, and Jamaican father. Jamaican father oh, and interesting. Tamil Indian mother. Hmm, interesting, yeah. Neil deGrasse Tyson responds to sexual misconduct claims, saying he welcomes an investigation. He's now speaking out after the sexual misconduct allegations were made against the star, disputing the claims in a lengthy Facebook post. He says he welcomes an investigation. In a story published on Thursday, um, Dr. Caitlin Allers, a physics and astronomy professor at Bucknell University, said she was felt up by Tyson during a party after an event for the American Astronomical Society in 2009. And she claims she didn't report it because the American Astronomical Society did not have a mechanism for reporting sexual harassment at that time. Allers reportedly said she and a friend asked the astrophysicist Tyson for a photo. She said after we had taken the picture, he noticed my tattoo and kind of grabbed me to look at it and it was really obsessed about whether I had Pluto on this tattoo or not and then he looked for Pluto and he followed the tattoo into my dress that's her accusation against him Hmm. Um, she said by hoping coming forward is that allegations against Dr. Tyson would be investigated particularly those by Takia Ahmet and Ashley Watson whose lives and careers have been so very impacted another one well, I heard people liked his response, uh, and he was encouraging. I didn't actually read Do the you response know him there. Personally? No, I don't. Oh. I heard people talking about his response, though, and people were saying, okay, uh, you know, it was uh, um, Adams. My buddy, my mm-hmm. Scott Adams, said he was, felt it was thorough and complete. I, I haven't read it, read it yet. Um, but it, it seems like this is a guy that has some limited social skills and maybe didn't understand what he was doing, perhaps. 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 Um, but doesn't he doesn't come across that way, right? Um, Hard to know. Again, again, he, I've only he, seen him perform. I saw him at a talk he was giving, and he seemed. What's a diplomatic way of putting it? He seemed uh, to enjoy himself a lot in the sense that he was very taken arrogant, by himself, arrogant, a little bit of arrogance. Yeah, I, I noticed yeah. that too about him, and that is a, this is a little bit of a hint that maybe it's more going on here than we know. Maybe. We'll see. We'll just take a look. When we'll, he gets the high. We'll wait. <laughs> we'll wait till we get full evidence. Hey, we're still waiting, looking for that seventh caller, are we not? Uh, at eight eight eight. Oh yeah, to join us for the party, right? That's right. It's at seven nine zero five two 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 eight 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 seven nine zero five two two two. That seventh caller will win tickets. Come join us. Not Thursday the usual holiday party. Not, it's not our usual call in line. It's our special contest oh. line. You got to listen carefully. Eight 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 seven nine zero five two two two, and you'll be with us on Thursday. You'll be eating from with hot dogs from Doghouse and other things. It's the 30-minute nonstop news blitz. Harvey Weinstein's new defense strategy is really rich. He's blaming the media. Mm. <laughs> for what? For accurately reporting what's been headline. going on for years? Yes. Um, the reason it's so laughable is because we now know that he had you know hundreds of journalists on his payroll and that he worked night and day to suppress any story about his behavior coming out. Um, and now his... Lawyer Ben Brafman says Harvey Weinstein was a man vilified by a vicious media assault caused a case that was never critically examined or investigated. The falsity of the serious allegations being made as more fully discussed below were forced on the district attorney by a collective media that unfortunately placed unprecedented pressure on the DA's office and the police department to prosecute Mr. Weinstein. I mean, the man hired a army of spies to go after anyone that accused him of anything to smear to destroy people's reputations 
he paid off journalists to, to I mean, and now he's blaming the media for reporting on it finally. Well, after I, years I'd, love, and years. I'd love if he divulged the payoffs to journalists and things because then he can blame the media. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, he, he, he could. could if he if he admitted to it. Right. Yeah. Very interesting. It is Lawrence Vaughn, Dr. Drew, Midday Live, Talk Radio 790 KBC. Uh, it's the middle of the 30-minute nonstop news blitz. Brett, Fa- Brett Favre was trick. Favre. Bob. Favre. There you go. Fa- Brett Favre. Brett Favre is sort of how you say it. I know it doesn't look like that. No, no, no. I know. I'm just wondering why I said Brett Favre. I know it's Brett Favre, but <laughs> well, I think I'm just like, reading it. Lo- it, it looks like Brett Favre. Brett Favre <laughs> was tricked into recording an anti-Semitic vi- video. He was paid $500 to make the recording riddled with coded hate speech and conspiracy theories for the Cameo service, which pl- pays celebrities to record short personal personalized video messages. Posing as a veterans organization, hate groups, the Handsome Truth, and Goyim Defense League. G- Goyim Defense Goyim League? Goyim Defense League. Seriously? You know what Goyim is. It's Goyim Defense League? There's such a thing? That's the group, yeah. Okay. It's a anti-Semitic I imagine. crowd. They paid him 500 bucks to read a statement that included several veiled anti-Semitic remarks. He said, Brett Favre... <laughs> now I'm going to read it wrong every time. Brett Favre here with a shout-out to the Handsome Truth and GDL boys, he says in the video. You guys are patriots in my eyes, so keep waking them up and don't let the small get you down. Keep fighting, too, and don't ever forget the USS Liberty and the men and women who died on that day. God bless and take care. Apparently, waking them up is a reference to anti-Semitic indoctrination and... The small is an epithet referring to yarmulkes. Is this just one of these organizations that, that, that pay celebrities to leave phone messages and things? Yeah, is it, this is that's is exactly it a, what it is. Oh my god! But why does Brett Favre need five hundred bucks? Yes, that's what I'm wondering. I mean, that's the real headline here. Wow. I mean, let's just say he he thought it was a veterans um, message for veterans. I mean, if you. If you care about veterans, or why wouldn't you do that for free? Number one, and number two, I, I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me that he's like, "Ooh, five hundred dollars, I'll do it." What? All right? And it, had no, it, and had no idea what he was saying. It actually worries me. Yeah. Like, is he okay? Is and I mean, right? I'm, I'm wondering, did he ask what the GDL boys are when he's making how, this how, message? How would you really know, though? Somebody just tells you to make a message, they give right, you Right, but if someone told me, like, oh, it's the Goyam Defense League, wouldn't I Google that if no, I'm, I'm no. publicly putting my image on this and I, sending I'm it out? I'm betting he did probably 20 of these at a time. It wasn't just five hundred dollars. Oh, right. It was probably okay. an easy ten thousand dollars. Gotcha. And uh, he just uh, he just did them, knocked them out, and that was that. Ugh, it's gross. Wow. Yeah. So um, more uh, anti-Semitism and uh, Nazism for you, alive and well. Sheesh. Well, it'll be a let it be a lesson to those of you that want to um, use your brand. Let's say, pay attention to whom you offer it to. Huh? There you go. Trump wants a full and complete sentence for his ex-lawyer, Michael Cohen. He is calling for um, this full and complete sentence uh, in a tweet, of course. He tweeted out today, you mean he can do all of the terrible, unrelated to Trump things (laughs) having to do with fraud, big loans, taxes, X, and not serve a long prison term? Mm -hmm. Trump added that Cohen makes up stories to get a great and already reduced deal for himself. Cohen pleaded guilty in August to eight criminal counts, including campaign finance violations and other charges, and implicated the president in open court. Last week, he also pleaded guilty to lying to Congress. His attorneys have argued that he should be spared prison for crimes he committed in abundance of enthusiasm for his ex-boss. Huh. Interesting. 
Um, Non-Trump related crimes. <laughs> Trump also praising Roger Stone, saying he has guts for not testifying against him. Now, he's, his position is the guts are not caving and lying. See, he's making the case that everyone lies when they get squeezed. Right. right. But basically, so guts, gut, not to lie. guts is not cooperating with the feds. Right. Well, Those no, who he, do not cooperate have way, guts. Remember, he's framing it as guts not to lie. And um, the question is, are these people lying or not? He's framing it that way. So, I don't think he it's is. Interesting. I think he's saying, if you cooperate with the feds, you are not on Team Trump, and I will bury you. Mm, could be. Could be as simple as that. Um, he, Roger Stone said, I will never testify against Trump. He made that statement um, essentially stating that he will not be forced by a rogue and out-of-control prosecutor to make up lies and stories about President Trump. And then Trump wrote on it's Twitter, so nice crazy. to know that some people still have guts, uh, exclamation point. Uh, the great Leo Terrell will back me up on this very issue. If, if you had done your assignment and watched the Clinton affair I over the sure weekend. Did. Have you watched the Clinton affair, uh, Mr. Mr. Terrell? You have an assignment. You have an assignment. In that, if you notice, McDougal said the same thing. that He was being forced to lie. And he was like, I'll, I don't care. I'll say anything because they're, they're going to take me to prison if I don't say. And then Susan went to jail. She did. Because she refused to cooperate. But that's unusual apparently, right? Leo Terrell, it's unusual. Leo Trell said yes. He said and yes. He said yes. I saw him shake his head up and down, so he said yes. <laughs> ICE has dropped off 5,000 migrant family members at local churches just in the past two months. Basically, they don't have the capacity to hold them. So two months after ICE began releasing the families and with no end in sight, the churches are becoming overwhelmed. Mm. They released 60 of these families, totaling about 130 men, women, and children um, to uh, multiple churches north of Phoenix. Uh, as well as Texas, um, they got off Homeland Security buses, taking their first steps in the United States, and now the the burden is on these churches to take care of these families. You know, speaking of um, un- or non citizens or undocumented immigrants, did you see this new study came out? Shows that uh, of the 4.6 million households of of what that are called non citizens, go ahead, do it. No, do you it. go ahead, finish. Well, 63 yeah. percent are on welfare. So two-thirds are getting what they came here for. And this is something that Ann Coulter has been screaming about for like a decade now. Yeah. We, are, we have now taken it upon ourselves to import welfare. Yes. That's what we are doing. Yes, correct. And I, trust, and I used to do that. I used to deliver the care at the hospital, and we took it on, and we just dealt with it. A lot of it back then was uh, El Salvadorians seeking active warfare in, in El Salvador at the time. And uh, we've been doing this in L.A. County for some many years now. And it nearly bankrupt us yep. a couple of times. Absolutely. So uh, I just don't so know. So think about that. When you say, oh, they just want jobs. They just want a, you know, a better life. When they're coming in two-thirds. and going immediately on the dole. Two-thirds. Not, and it's not they're coming off. Two-thirds right. at any given point in time are getting your tax dollars. Right. If you feel I mean, about I, that. When you hear that, though, why wouldn't you come up from Honduras? Yeah, why no, wouldn't you and, come up from a... And if you like that... If you if, can just get in, we will pay for everything. In fact, once we get to the call-in part of the show, please tell me, is that a good thing or a bad thing? And if you like that, tell me how. Tell me why. That's all. Good, good question. Um, millennial men are ditching traditional masculine values, and they're more likely to embrace emotional strength. Whatever that means. <laughs> Um, This research was led by the University of British Columbia, and it showed younger men tend to value selflessness, social engagement, and health over traditional male ideas like physical strength and autonomy. Uh, Physique and independence were still prominent values for the 630 Canadian men ages 15 to 29. This is in our utopia of Canada. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. 
Um, it's just not as important to participants as selflessness. In fact, selflessness was by far the top-rated male value. Where are we finding these selfless males? And I don't even know what I'd that like means. To know. I, I wouldn't know what that would mean. If they were say Nine in ten respondents said that men should help others. 88% of the respondents agreed that men should be open to new ideas, new people, and new experiences. And eight in ten felt it imperative that a man give back to his community. But what does selflessness mean? I what? guess those are all selflessness okay. qualities. All right. All right. Fair enough. Um, yeah, it's definitely not a traditional male... Well, I, I call selflessness codependency, and so codependency is actually a pathological position. So, what do you say? They, more women's? Yeah, yeah, but they they need to they need to define their terms. As always, these these people don't You're even. Right. I'm just saying again. Sorry, blowing the cover. Um, you know, and I, I didn't think about this until this story came out. There was a guy in a Tesla who drove seven miles on autopilot. Drunk mystery. <laughs> this, this is, is a this drunk is, mystery. This, this, yeah. this is perfect for my show. Yeah. He oh, fell asleep wait, behind the wheel, but, drunk. But you have to wait. You have to wait. It's going to be a mystery because we have to take a break from traffic. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Southbound 405 Freeway, Mulholland at an accident cleared. It's busy from Burbank Boulevard. Also on the 118 East at Porter Ranch, an accident clearing here as well. Westbound side of the 10 at the 405, been working on an accident with a middle lane block. Well, that now delayed from Washington and eastbound side of the 210 at Grand. Ongoing road work, the on-ramp block backing up to Vernon, and eastbound 60 Azusa. Road work blocking that on-ramp delays here coming away from Hacienda. I'm Rhonda Kramer, Talk Radio 790 KABC. Thank you, Rhonda. It is Lawrence Vaughn and Dr. Who Midday Live in the middle of the 30-minute nonstop news week before blitz. Before I return, remind everybody, the Comedy Store Festival benefiting the California Fire Foundation, starring Mark Marin, David Spade, Eliza Schlesinger, Bobby Lee, and others. I will host. Fraser Smith will host at the Fonda December 15th. Tickets on sale now at AXS.com. Caller number seven will win a pair of tickets to the Comedy Store to see Mark Marin, David Spade, Eliza Schlesinger. This is a great Comedy Store festival. Don't miss it. If you miss being caller number seven at 888-222-5222, you can also... Go to AXS.com and just get tickets. Tickets furnished by Golden Voice. This is the 30-minute nonstop news blitz. So a Tesla drove seven miles using autopilot while the driver allegedly slept drunk behind the wheel. Now, police spotted this gray Model S belonging to a guy named Alexander Samick. He's the chair of the Los Altos Planning Commission. He was doing 70 miles per hour on high on 101 early Friday. As this was above the normal speed limit, officers pulled up alongside the car and noticed that Samick was allegedly asleep, leading them to assume it was on autopilot. Well, California Highway Patrol um, said cops moved in behind the vehicle. They tried to get him to pull over by turning on their lights and their sirens, but he was, quote, unresponsive. I mean, he was really passed out. The Tesla eventually came to a stop after another police car positioned itself in front of the vehicle and started slowing down. According to a press release, it still took a while for the officers to wake him up. He was then taken to a nearby gas station where he failed a sobriety test and was arrested over a suspected DUI. Now, but it's, it's an interesting question, right? Yeah, how do you pull over? Well, not how do you pull over, but is the car drunk? Right. He, I mean, he is responsible, though, right? Even if I don't your car's know. on auto. Well, this is the thing the autopilot, it, it's supposed to detect whether or not you're awake, and ah. it will stop. If, oh, that's you know, it, it keeps um, Tesla vehicle alerts drivers if, if 
if it detects that you're not holding the wheel. It eventually slows the car down and stops it if the warnings are ignored. Interesting. But here, the cops assume that Samick may have been putting pressure on the wheel while he slept, like <laughs> leaning against it. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you what. This is the kind of stuff that's going to happen all the time when we get self-driving cars. Yeah, and I would And I would argue when you have truly self-driving cars, you don't have DUI anymore. Yeah. That's it. So that when does that threshold occur? The police are going to have to sort of... You're right. I mean, it, you're doing the right thing, right? When you have a self-driving car. Yeah. What difference does it make if it's self-driving or Uber driving? It's the same thing. You're, you're not driving. I guess they feel like you should have a sober person in, not know, in something the, goes in, wrong. In the future, though, that's not going to be the way it goes. I don't know. I, I, I see a time of yeah, pure, drunk, self-driving cars populating our land. It's a 30-minute nonstop news blitz. Lawrence Vaughn. Al Sharpton has sold his life story rights for $531,000. And guess who he sold it to? His own charity. This is sounds so corrupt to me. I don't know. You, tell me what you think. Uh. The National Action Network, which is his charity, agreed to pay the activist preacher over a half million dollars for his life story rights for a 10-year period. <coughs> so the National Action Network can now apparently turn around and sell these rights to Hollywood or other takers at a profit, but neither the reverend nor the charity would identify what producers are waiting for such Sharpton content. I am generally concerned about some of the shenanigans that go along go in the not-for-profit space. Exactly. Because, exactly. Because, That's exactly my point. Yeah, because paying taxes versus not paying taxes is not a giant divide. And as a result, not-for-profits need to behave just like for-profits. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And I think there's a lot of shenanigans that goes on under the veil of, hey, it's a not-for-profit. And really the only difference is – But you're selling your life rights for half a million dollars. So your non-profit is paying a half a million dollars for your life rights to you? Would you you already run this not – I mean it just sounds so shady. This kind of shenanigans happens all the time in uh, sort of galas and stuff. Where the not-for-profit pays somebody who's on the board. Right, right, right. It's it's not good. It is. It, people don't understand. I mean, I, I'm all for sort of uh, having ways to hide out from taxes in order to do good. I'm all for that. But then don't behave differently than a for-profit company. You have to behave the same. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. Absolutely. The number of people unaccounted for in the campfire has dropped dramatically. It's now just 25 people. It was once up to 1,000 people. There are still many unaccounted for during this um, fire. The latest count is down from the one-time high of 1,000 to 25. Death toll remains at 88. No further remains uh, have been found. Of course, this burned through more than 153,000 acres in Butte County after it broke out November 8th. Mission complete. Sully, the service dog, is accompanying his master, um, George H.W. Bush, on his final journey just one last time. He had a yellow Labrador service dog who worked with the late former president. He'll be traveling with Bush um, with his casket on his flight to Washington, D.C. And there was a photo posted of this beautiful photo of of this yellow lab service dog resting uh, next to the coffin. This is a highly trained service dog, and now he's going to go back into service to help other veterans and is going to Walter Reed National Military Medical Center, according to President George W. Bush, his son, who wrote it in an Instagram post, which is great. Yeah, very nice. Another veteran gets helped. Lovely. Um, well, these are 
long stories. You got three minutes. All right. Um, Mueller is... Everybody thinks that Mueller is close to to coming out with some major info. Yeah. Um, because, uh, and I feel like it too, because Trump must be, got a sense of it because he went on a tweet tirade this morning, Mm. if you saw about, you know, what a lying POS he is. Mm -hmm. But basically, um, Mueller had an oddly specific reference to the Russian hackers targeting Hillary Clinton for the first time after candidate Trump's still unexplained Russia, if you're listening comment he made on July 27th of 2016. Um, so in an indictment, Mueller said that the next day the conspirators attempted after hours to spear fish for the first time email accounts at a domain hosted by a third party provider and used by Clinton's personal office. That shows Mueller has access to much more intelligence than is publicly known. Remember, these are Russian government employees. So Mueller has remarkable and thus far unexplained visibility. Hmm. hmm. Yeah. Be very interesting, right? And then uh, USA is reporting that... Trump's former lawyer, Michael Cohen, no, I'm sorry, that um, it appears the Mueller investigation is reaching an endgame after a two-month hiatus for the midterms. Special counsel Robert Mueller's team is prepared to once again show its work. These developments are ominous for President Trump. In short order, expect to see a case of conspiracy to interfere with the 2016 election to be laid out in court. Defenders of the president have, despite the obvious progress of the Mueller investigation, um, 30 indictments or guilty pleas, including Trump's campaign chairman, personal lawyer, national security advisor, deputy campaign manager, and foreign policy advisor, mm. consistently argued there's been no collusion proven. While it's true that the charges made public have not alleged conspiracy because there's no crime of collusion, it should be clear to all, but the most obtuse by now, that the end game is drawing near. Mueller is laying out the predicate for a wide-ranging conspiracy case that will likely ensnare the president's family and quite likely trump himself interesting well that does it for the 30-minute non-stop news blitz lawrence vaughn thank you so much it is midday live on talk radio 790 kbc after the news break we're going to speak to travis binnan i hope i get that name right um one of the leaders of venice united a group that is uh, concerned about the um garcetti's plan to house hundreds of homeless in venice beach Again, this is Midday Live on Talk Radio 790 KBC. Time to take a break for some news with Liz Warren. Warner. The next 30-minute non-stop news blitz is at 4 with Jillian Barbary and John Phillips on 790 KABC, where the news watch never stops. Losing you no matter what I try to do, gonna live my whole it is Andy Williams' birthday, and this is Midday Live. Lawrence Vaughn, Dr. Drew, 800 5222 is a phone number. We're going to go out now to Travis Beenan. He is one of the leaders of Venice United, responding to Mayor Garcetti's plan to home homeless in the Venice area. Travis, welcome to the program. Hi, Dr. Drew. Thanks for having me. So what is it that the mayor is wanting to do, and what is it you guys are asking him? Are you just asking him not to do that, or are you asking for some alternative plan? Yeah, so uh, so Mayor Garcetti wants to do uh, bridge housing, and he wants to put 154 homeless people in an old MTA lot, which is about two blocks from the beach. It's a block from three schools, and it's surrounded by private residents. And uh, you know, we're all for helping the homeless. We're all for bridge housing. In fact, I voted you know, to tax myself more to help homeless people, and I think most of us did. It's the location that we're completely opposed to because, um, well, like I said, it's surrounded by residents. It's close. It's a block from three schools. And it's basically the homeless here become a health and safety hazard. And so we also are opposed to putting 
the homeless, it's, uh, the bridge home, it's two blocks from the beach where a lot of the homeless are drinking and doing drugs. Well, that would be my question. I mean, you have so many homeless there in Venice. So the idea that they're, they're going to house them in Venice, you're opposed to. Exactly. Why? Well, so, Just because it's uh, close to so, schools? I mean, they're, they're out and about now as it is. They can get as close to a school as they want. At least in, in bridge housing, they'll, they'll get access to services and access to people that might be able to help them. Well, so there's, there's a few things. Is, uh, one of them is I think that we're oversaturated. So before, you know, before it was uh, Garcetti and Bonin took office, there were less than 200 homeless people here. Now I think there's somewhere between 11 and 1,200 homeless people here. So essentially the same people who are trying to solve the problem are the same people who let this problem, you know, quadruple. Well, that I agree five. with. Yeah, no doubt about that. And, and so now, the, you know, the, the problem is, is that uh, the more services that you provide, there's nothing to stop more homeless from coming here. So a lot of people have this notion that the homeless are from Los Angeles and from Venice. That's just not the case. What we have here are transients. So I would say that probably 85 to 90% of the homeless are here are not from Venice and probably not even from Los Angeles. And I know this because I go out and talk with them. I know this because the RVs are out there and they've all got out-of-state plates. So we've already got this massive transient influx. And so if you provide, let's just say you do take 154 people off the streets of Venice, there's absolutely nothing to stop another 200, 300 uh, homeless people from coming here. So if you provide essentially a shelter at the beach, it's going to be a magnet for more transients from across the country. And that's one of the reasons we've seen so many transients and so much influx of homelessness is because we're offering the services and it's legal to sleep on the streets here. How about you make that illegal? That's what that's what we need to do. We need to go back to the uh, to the judges and show what L.A. has become after the Jones settlement, show the damage that it's done. And we basically, if if Garcetti really cared about helping the homeless people, he'd set up homeless shelters right now in areas that don't impact residents. Well, he's trying, but guess what? Them. You know, I, I, I take issue with this because there's a lot of nimbyism going on. Everybody says they want to help the homeless, but God forbid they try and house them in your neighborhood. People don't want it. We saw the uprising in Koreatown. They did not want them housed there. I mean, every neighborhood says, yeah, we want to help them, but we don't want it here. I mean, Venice has such a huge homeless problem. I don't think that it's going to become more attractive to the homeless because you set up a shelter. I think at least it will help get people off the street. Or, or what if you struck a deal with the city where, like, yeah, you help us clear the ones that are on the street and we'll give you some homeless shelter. You know what I mean? Well, I, that's, well, that's what they're doing. But that You're arguing that you don't want more on the street, but no one's helping you get them off the street. Well, so there's there's nothing to stop more homeless people from coming here. Right. Exactly. Right. So what does it make a difference if there's... No, shelter there but what I'm saying is why not ask the mayor to give them some help to clear the streets and then we'll give you a shelter or something like well, that. Well, they are. I mean, if you read this article, they go around every, uh, was it month or two months? And uh, no, they that's not enough. And they, they, they pick up everybody on the street. They take their stuff. And, you know, the homeless advocates are calling this robbing the homeless. But they literally have to have sanitation people come in and figure out what they're allowed to keep because people are getting sick from their belongings. But this is not just in Venice. So this is in Los Angeles generally, correct? Well, this is the Venice. Venice, Venice. piece. Yeah. We're going to have to take a little break. But it happens uh, all over LA. Travis, hang on. He, Travis, of course, is one of the leaders of Venice United. If you have any comments or questions, the number here is 800-222-5222. Lawrence Vaughn, Dr. Drew, it's Midday Live on Talk Radio 790 KBC.
Ozzy's birthday, 800-222-5222. We're talking to Travis Beanett, one of the leaders of the Venice United Group. Uh, pushing back on Mayor Garcetti's plan to bring homeless uh, into a shelter near schools. And b- before I hear the alternative plans, Travis, um, one of the things that um, I-, I think they're not addressing is that most of the homeless that, say, populate the streets of Venice don't want housing. They want to stay on the streets. And this is one of the bigger problems with the homelessness is that we have an expanded conservatorship or gravely disabled so people that wish to live on the streets are at their liberty to do so. So do you agree that they've got to deal with that problem if, as, as one of these solutions? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, just to that point, there's a, there's a great program called SHARE. And what SHARE does is it puts six people into a three-bedroom home and they use the money that the homeless people get from the federal government for disability. And, uh, and it's about $500 a month. And those people, those six people move into a three-bedroom, and then they start getting jobs. So anybody who wants to get off the street can get off the street. Right. And they already have, right. they already have the need to do so. So what, what is your suggestion? Other than what Mary Garcetti is wanting to do, what would you like to see them do? Well, so we have other locations. So I think there's a couple different things, right, because we've got different types of homeless people. We've got some homeless people who are down and out genuinely trying to get back on their feet. And like I said, there's programs like SHARE, and that's already working. Um, there are there are uh, folks that have mental health issues and obviously need treatment. And there's a lot of people out here with drug and alcohol addictions. And um, you know, to my point earlier, is putting them near a school surrounded by residents and right by the beach where they're di- drinking and doing drugs. I just think it's like putting rehab. It's like putting rehab in a nightclub. And in this particular uh, location, they it's a wet shelter, so they can't drink and do drugs in the shelter, but they can be drunk or intoxicated coming back into it. And it's open 24-7. So as you can imagine, we don't want 154 people doing drugs, drinking outside the shelter and going back in. So we have three other locations in uh, District 11. And then we have landowners that own land outside the city. But um, for the amount of money that we're spending, we could build beautiful homes outside of the city and uh, and get people training and rehab and, and, and change their mentality so they can get back into society. But, yeah, we have, if, if you need to spend the money in, in CD11, we have three other locations. We've pitched it to the Land Use and Planning Committee. We've pitched it to the Venice Neighborhood Council, and I think that those locations should be going to Garcetti and Bonham soon if they haven't already. Do you think there's any chance they'll respond positively? Uh, I think it's unfortunately going to have to be a lawsuit to stop this. Yeah. Well, I, again, God, I you know I I as you've already pointed out, there's plenty of housing available. It's the issue of getting people into the housings that don't want to stop doing drugs and don't want to stay off the streets. And that there's solutions to that too. Uh, with a little bit of leadership, they could make these people's lives much better. I don't understand why they won't. I don't understand it. Well, they're also facing the legality of it. The ACLU has sued them for, you know, removing people from the street, removing belongings. So they're not allowed to do it. That's correct. What I think needs to happen is uh, Mayor Garcetti needs to basically stand up yes. with a good attorney. That's and right. The that, because that's exactly right. Exactly yeah. right. He need, the, that, when I said leadership, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Somebody needs to have the huevos to stand up and do what's right rather than what's politically expedient. Right. So, because exactly. because without that, his his number one problem that he intends to address is only going to continue to get worse. 
I actually think with these bridge homes, you're going to see more transients coming in, and, and the problem is only going to get worse. Because nationally, it looks like that the, uh, the the homeless has actually been declining, but in L.A., the homeless population is growing, and in Venice, it's growing even more. I mean, thank God for the LAPD. They've done an amazing job the last five or six weeks of really cracking down on the crime. Um, the, the arrests have been up, and uh, it, it's been great because about six or seven weeks ago, uh, Michael Moore came in and sat in on a town hall, and he heard about, you know, firsthand from assaults that were happening on women and children and the elderly to, you know, all the needles and feces were stepping over. In the last five or six weeks, they've assigned more police. They've been much more responsive. So it's great because not only does it protect us. Wait a minute. You mean this is not, these are not no, noble homeless people that just choose to be on the streets <laughs> because it's just an alternative way of life? It's you're, just you're, their alternative what? lifestyle. Travis, how dare you? All right, well, listen, we got to wrap it up, uh, but uh, I'm glad to yeah. hear there's some progress, at least in terms of the safety of situations. No one's happy. Listen, the homeless are not happy behaving like this. This is the point. They're ill, and they need help, and I, I can't say it strongly enough, and it makes me sick that we don't have leadership that won't step up and take that position. But hopefully, Travis, you'll, 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 get some, uh, you'll get some traction, so good luck. All right, thank you so much is, for having me. Is there a website you like to refer people to? Is there a website for more information? Uh, yeah, it's actually uh, VeniceUnited.org, and we've got a Facebook group called uh, Venice United. There you go. Thank you so much, Travis. Thank you. It's yeah. Dr. and Lawrence Vaughn. This is Midday Live. Ozzy Osbourne's birthday. Our number, 800-222-5222. If you have any comment on the homeless policy that the mayor is attempting to carry out, I mean, I, I'm happy that he's trying to do something, but as usual, the kinds of... I, I understand the logic behind housing first. It's flawed. It's flawed. And certainly housing is a big issue, but we have lots of housing. We have homeless that don't want it because they're ill. Because part of the, please someday watch the movie The Soloist. It's a really good uh, exploration of how it is that people with these chronic mental health conditions need to stay on the street in their mind. In their mind. And of course, if you're a drug addict alcoholic, that's all that matters is the using. And the homelessness is what happens eventually in the progression of that condition. And it's sort of when you're an addict, you don't really care because your love of your life is your drug of choice. And that's, you know, you're able to maintain that relationship. So whether it's on the street or in somebody's basement, it doesn't really matter to you until you get well from your illness. And then magically, you're pissed. You're angry at people that let you languish on the street in the rain. In the cold, in in you know, in misery. Our number eight hundred two 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 five two two two. Got our friend Joel Payne coming in. We're going to take, talk a little bit about the a little bit about the le- legacy of ex President George H W Bush. Right now, being transported from uh, Andrews Air Force Base to I guess to um, Arlington. Is that where they're taking him? No, to the rotunda. To the rotunda, and then he's going to be buried at the library, his library in Texas. Yeah, so it's going to, okay. And there'll be another service on Thursday in in Houston. In, in Texas, uh, we're also going to have Doctor Warren Farrell, author of the Boy Crisis: Why Are Boys Struggling, and What Can We Do About It? I'm are they struggling? Well, yeah, they're they're they seem to me to be not. Everybody's struggling. Yeah, maybe, but uh, there's been some pathologiz- pathologizing of maleness for quite some time, and I can tell you, looking at a lot of um, millennial males, they are. They're scared. They're scared, and they're not exactly enthusiastic. Uh, you know, they, they're sort of uh, concerned all the time. They're anxious and nervous. In fact, I'm going to give a talk at an. That's your kids. <laughs> no, no, it is my kids. But we're going to talk to. I'm going to talk to a group, uh, a professional group. I'm, I'm not going to say who right now. But 
in about a week, and mm-hmm. I asked them to talk. They have interns there, and I asked them to get these interns, and they're, they're post-collegiate interns, on what their sort of mental health concerns were. Anxiety and fear. Anxiety and fear. Suicide. Anxiety. Fear. And that's it. And that was their only all just like question after question after question after question. That's it's interesting, right? Uh, part of it is the, um, the the dumpster fire that we're living in. Some of it's that, <laughs> and some of it is the fact that they don't feel supported in the way that they need to be to feel like it's sort of like uh, what, positive. like a hug. 800-222-5222. You, you can tell I'm not a mother. Right? Yeah, I was say with your kids. <laughs> Uh, we're going to switch topics and talk to Joel Payne. It's Lawrence Vaughn, Dr. Drew. This is Midday Live on Talk Radio 790 KBC. We will take a little break for some news. 